Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. On the Logistics of Logistics, I talk to experts in logistics and transportation, warehousing, fulfillment, supply chain, and of course, technology. And during these interviews, I'm always the one asking the dumb questions. I ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Today's topic is BI and AI for logistics with my friend Brad Young. I met Brad Young and the other guys from Third Axiom Solutions out at Manifest, and I love what they're doing, so I invited them to be on the podcast, and you'll love what they're doing too. So BI, of course, means business intelligence, and AI means artificial intelligence. Third Axiom Solution provides AI and BI to 3PLs, brokers, freight forwarders, and shippers. So we all have lots of information, that's the BI part, but we haven't always been able to to extrapolate what's going to happen in the future. That's where AI comes in. So we have customers, though, who hear all these wonderful things about AI, and they have higher expectations of us. They say, you have all this data. Give me insights. So these insights will help you better serve your customers, help you increase your sales, help you manage your cost, and overall improve productivity. And these solutions that they provide over at Third Axiom Solutions, they integrate easily with all of your existing systems. So check it out. But before we get to the podcast, I want to tell you about my friends at Tusk Logistics. That's T-U-S-K logistics.com. If you're a small parcel shipper, you can save 40% with Tusk. And the way you can save 40% is Tusk has a great technology and they've connected a whole bunch of regional small parcel carriers. These are carriers that have been in business for a long time and they're excellent service, better than the big guys in their region. But you could never use them because they were just regional. Tusk has connected these guys into a national network. You can save 40% and have better service. And in addition, you get Tusk's technology, which is top-notch, plus you get Tusk, uh, their customer support. Overall, you can't lose. You get better service than you're going to get from the big guys, and you get better technology than you get from the big guys, and the service, the delivery time is better than the big guys. 40% savings. Do it. TuskLogistics.com, and right at the top it says get started. Click on that button and get started and save 40%. So how's it going, Brad? Hey, Joe, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I feel like I made the big time now that I'm on on the logistics of logistics oh, podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're we're, you're with all the cool kids now. So <laughs> anyway, I met Brad at Manifest, and uh, we had a good time. I got to know him and uh, Tim over at from his company, and I love what they're doing. So I wanted them on my podcast. Brad, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Yeah, Joe. So Brad Young, I'm a principal at Third Axiom Solutions. You know, at Third Axiom. We've built and provide a complete end-to-end software solution for business intelligence and AI, really specifically for the transportation and logistics industry. I'm sitting in Prosper, Texas, talking to you today, which is outside of Dallas. Very nice, very nice. So I said the topic, again, is BI and AI for logistics. And I know it should say for logistics and transportation and 3PLs, but that doesn't fit in the title. But what is BI? What is AI and how does that help me with my data analytics? Yeah, Joe. So, so I'll take a step back and, and, and kind of set the stage for, for answering that. You know, when we started Third Axiom, you know, we, we asked ourselves, you know, hey, how can we help transportation and logistics professionals 
you know, take advantage of the advanced technology that exists today and also, you know, the abundance of data, both internally and externally that, you know, is being generated, you know, really to help make better and quicker decisions. And that's really where our Axiom One platform, you know, came to be. And so, you know, for us, business intelligence really is, you know, that complete analytic solution, right? Where you're storing your data, uh, you're ingesting, you're, you're integrating with your data sources, you're ingesting and storing that data um, and transforming it, and then providing the visualization really to tell the story of your business. So that business intelligence is really, you know, your dashboards and your analytics that sit on top of your data to give you insight into the business. And then when you start to talk about, you know, AI and artificial intelligence, you know, that's really when you're starting to leverage data science, machine learning to really start to drive and recognize the patterns in your business to drive insights, to give you, you know, those key drivers, the patterns and those anomalies that aren't really visible to, you know, the person that's really looking for the answers. So what kind of patterns are you looking for when you help transportation, logistics and 3PLs? Yeah. So I think, I think the patterns, some of the the things that, you know, we look for are patterns in accessorials are, you know, are you seeing an increase in accessorials across a business, across a customer, across a carrier? You know, I think from a pricing perspective, you know, are you starting to get mortgage margin, margin degradation across a specific time frame? Are you not seeing the volume that you would expect from a carrier? So, you know, it's those patterns at a very high level, right? So we can dive into the patterns for individual shipments, or we can dive into those patterns across a time frame and those things that people are used to in transportation, you know, lanes, customers, carriers, operating sites, locations, et cetera. So it's really you know, the patterns across your transportation network that we're looking to bring forward. So let's just say people listen to the podcast say, well, I have a TMS, Brad. Why the hell do I need you? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's more than just really a TMS for us. You know, we're taking data not only from a TMS, but potentially other data sources that you might have in play. So, you know, we connect with external data sources like your, your market intelligence sources, you know, a DAT, truck stop, freight waves, green screens. You know, we're bringing in your KPIs, your metrics. So if you think about a TMS, you know, you really have that day-to-day operational execution in your TMS. And I would say that we're a level above that, right? So you're not instead of, you're a complement to. 100%. So, so I wouldn't think of us as an execution engine per se for your business, but I would think of us as operational AI and analytics that's kind of enhancing you know, what you're doing and bringing forth answers to where you need to focus your attention and, and get the answers for what's going on. Yeah. When I was still at a 3PL, I would have weekly meetings with the people we did the most business with. And we were doing mostly less than truckload, but some truckload too. And so we'd have a couple hundred shipments, two, 200, 200 plus shipments. And I would ask my team to pull together a scorecard, real, real simple scorecard. I like simple scorecards. And it would say, here's the carrier. So we worked with you know, 10, 15 carriers and mostly LTL. And here was how many shipments they got. Here's how many were on time percentage on time we'd have. And then I'd, I, I like to also track cost per mile. 
and I would track billing accuracy because billing is always a problem in less than trunk load. And then I had one last one, which was damage or on time, on time, undamaged, right? And right. damage free shipments. And I like that because it's real simple. So you can look at, at a glance, you look at that and you can tell how things are going. And then I'd have year to date also. And I would always say to my team, when we meet, we always met by Zoom. When we met, well, I think it was go to meeting at that time. When we would meet, I would always say every last shipment that was late or had a billing problem, I want us to explain how it happened, why it happened. And what we're doing to prevent it next week and the week after and the week after. And for the most part, you do it. But there's certain things that kind of crop up again and again and again, billing problems, right? And to change the contract of the tariff, you were stuck sometimes. And the problem, now I would call that my scorecard, my carrier scorecard, I would call that BI. That's business intelligence. The problem is, I'm looking at it and I, I'm looking in the rear view mirror. That's last week. Here's what we did last week. And it doesn't tell me what's going on this week. I, I want to prevent those problems from happening again this week, like I promised. And I, you know, I could tell my guys, make sure you're on those. Make sure we don't have that problem again. But we did have them. I mean, and, you know, it's like whack-a-mole sometimes in this business. So, what can you do for me with it? So I got data. I got the BI. I don't have AI. <laughs> well, let, let's, let's visit that, that BI first, Joe, right? Because, you know, I think it's a, it's a misconception that business intelligence is just those reports and dashboards that you're providing, right? I mean, that's the, that's, that's the, the analytics, <laughs> right? That's the analytics that sits on top. But, you know, we find in our industry that, you know, we're populated with spreadsheet warriors, Excel wizards and detectives that are, you know, doing heavy lifting and. Well, that was a lot of work to, to get those reports. Right, it was a lot of work together. hundred percent. You know, what goes into put build those dashboards that you're showing to the customer. And so that that is really, you know, the basis really for our platform is to provide right that in, analytic solution that right out of the gate gives you, you know, business intelligence. And you're absolutely right that, you know, the event has already occurred. It's a statistic on the dashboard. And so that's, you know, all of us have stood in front of the customer, like you probably were, and had to answer the question, well, what are you doing about it, right? What, what happened? You know, great, I, I see it's on the dashboard, but this already occurred. You know, how do we prevent that from happening in the future? And, you know, that's really where, you know, we've started to, you know, bring people on that analytics journey, you know, those spreadsheet warriors and those people that haven't been able to tackle analytics, you know, we instantly provide them that complete analytics solution, lets them manage their data, provide those visualizations that tell the story of the data. But now we're starting to leverage AI and data science to give them the ability to rewrite the story as it, as it, as it occurs, you know, so so that's kind of where we're trying to move people's perspective. When they used to drive me crazy was when I'd see four LTL shipments on the same day from a supplier inbound to my customer. My customer's paying. I go, why are these four small LTL shipments? They could have been put probably in one LTL shipment. And they go, well, that's just the way they did it. I was like, yeah, but we got to catch them. And, and again, I'm this is... 
as my mom would call it, paying for dead horses. There's nothing I can do about it now. <laughs> well, and, and 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 that's a perfect example of a use case, Joe, is that, you know, within the Axiom One platform, because we can bring data in as that shipment is progressing through its life cycle, you know, that's where we can start to put, you know, sophisticated rule sets and models, you know, on top of what's going on in the transport in your transportation network so you can catch that. You know, in the case in the example that you were talking about, you know, as that as that shipment comes into our platform, you know, when it's tendered, when it's booked, dispatched, picked up and in transit, you know, we can we can deploy an anomaly rule set that will alert you when you have, you know, shipments in the same week from the same facility going to the same location so that you can proactively, you know, get in front of that and, and get, you know, talk to your customer about, hey, we can consolidate those. Don't We don't have the optimization engine to do it for you, but it is an example of, you know, leveraging data and analytics to allow you to impact that before it becomes a statistic on the dashboard. Yeah. And it's funny when we started, well, even back then we were calling that business intelligence and, but it, it was a reaction. It was not a, it was not being proactive. And I think we all recognize that we can and should be proactive and but it's it's sometimes hard because the the data is la- the uh, information is lagging and so if you say how do i capture this in real time well i don't have a brain for that and i don't i don't i'm not looking at all the data so how am i ever going to do it but i can have it ai like in your system can do that analysis and can do it now. well yeah and, and 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 that would even be the the step before ai right where we're using models and 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 those that anomaly detection to bring that forth you know where where we would would then give you the ability as well in the platform to bring that data in look that's where it all starts and that's why a lot of people don't take that analytics journey is they feel like they don't have data integrity you know they they have all this they stuff don't. going on in their in the tms <laughs> i will say this that the carrier scorecard that I used to have my guys create in Excel and put in a PowerPoint presentation every week. Right. Every transportation management system guy that I talked to, all the companies would say, well, see, we'll do that for you. And I haven't looked in a year or two, but I had a lot of those conversations advising other customers, customers as I went when I was doing some consulting, a lot of transportation management systems, it's not the software won't do it. It's just the people using the software aren't doing all of the things they need to do to make sure that line item is fixed, right? I shouldn't say it's not fixed. Complete, incomplete information in a field means that at the end, your report isn't complete. And and do you have the functionality within the TMS, right, to you know compare that actual to the target, to the appointment? you know, that then allows you to indicate that that's, you know, early, late, and then, okay, what is the reason, you know, behind that? And and that's one of the other beauties of our platform is, you know, we're not a static data warehouse. We're an operational AI system where you can augment and enhance your data once it's in. So once you, once we bring it in, whether it's from a TMS, you know, whether it's from a third-party source, or whether you're loading up your KPIs and your targets, you know, you're able to enhance that data and and work with it, you know, in real time to tell you what's late, you know, what's going to be late and then, okay, you know, capture and tag why that was late. Right. And by the way, my, my carrier scorecard was sent via email. It is 
by definition, static. It is a snapshot in time that does me no good. And what we want to be is we want to be dynamic. And I think there's so much information still to this day that is trapped in static places. Now, in the olden days, we had file cabinets, literal file cabinets with papers and folders. And you say, hey, I can I can open that folder and look at all, all of Brad's shipments with me. Does me no good. I can't analyze that except what my own brain does. Then we took all that information, put it online, but we still didn't have the ability, the different information silos. Only now are we getting to that place where we can say, I have the computing power and I have all of this data. Let's start making it dynamic, useful. Static is okay. Dynamic is fantastic. (laughs) And you hit upon a key point, right? Is that, you know, stakeholders want those insights, you know, when they need them, where they (laughs) want them, right? So, so even then communicating through an email or, or an API back into the workflow of their TMS, right? Or sending them alert when they need to investigate, you know, that's one of the tenants that, that we really subscribe to is, You've got to be able to deliver the insights and answers to all stakeholders, you know, across the company about the things that, you know, they're really watching or interested in. Excellent. Excellent. So let's switch gears for a second. First off, you have to tell me what is Third Axiom Solutions? Why that name? Yeah. So Third Axiom was was founded by three gentlemen, two of them technology wizards that were early employees at Mercury Gate. And third axiom is their, (laughs) yeah, hundred percent. They were early employees there for I think seventeen, eighteen years, and 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 saw the journey of that company and helped to contribute to really building that platform. So this is their third go round. And then Axiom, you know, they're they're brilliant mathematicians that that can build. You know, Brian Armiri, Lauren Berman, for the audience out there, brilliant mathematicians that you know Axiom is 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 a truth, right? That needs no proof. And so that's where Third Axiom was born. The third co-founder, Tim Story, serial entrepreneur in our industry, you know, he was like, "Hey, sounds good to me. Just makes me sound smarter, you know, than I than I really am." <laughs> I met Tim. He's a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, as, as the sales guy, Axiom being, you know, the truth. You know, we know with data and analytics that you know people want that that single version of the truth on, you know, how the how the business is performing. And and so you know, I think it was Mark Twain that said, "What lies, damn lies, and, and, and then statistics." you know, we're trying to overcome that. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I can't, I can't help but keep coming back to this point is statistics are just last year or yesterday or last week. And the promise of AI is you're going to help me make a better future with, and, and see things that I'll never see. You know, I could ask, I I could ask you and I to sit down and go through these Excel spreadsheets and find a whole bunch of uh, patterns and, we might come up with a few. And if you're working with that client a few times, we'd add some anecdotal stuff, but we're never going to be AI. We're not ever going to have that insight. Well, and, and I think that that's, you, you know, you've seen in the last couple of weeks with, you know, chat GPT-4 coming out, you know, I think it's, it's more and more now to your point, Joe, hey, tell me the story of what's going on in my business, right? We, we've all have, have had that Sunday night anxiety or, beginning of the month anxiety where you got to come in, you got to look across the business, you got to put your reports together and then you got to stand up in front of management and tell them, Hey, what's, what's, you know, what's happened, why it's happened and what I'm going to do about it. 
Well, now that's where, you know, you want to leverage AI to really write that script for you and tell you, you know, where you need to go, what's going on and, and go focus your attention on that. Yeah. I read a book about AI and I think it was called the AI superpowers. It was a few years old and it was written by the guy who founded um, Sinovision, big venture capitalist. And what was crazy is, you know, when you're trying to train AI to learn things, it, it, it learns things. And after a while it's learning things in ways that we would never understand. So as one of the things I seem to remember was about a cat and it said, so all of us, if I was in a house and I saw the tail of a cat around the door, I would recognize that immediately. All I have to see is an inch and I go, Oh, I think that's the cat. Or if you saw one ear, you go, that's a cat. So they would feed that AI, those tons of these pictures of cats. And after a while it got pretty good. But what they realized is the way that we, with our human perception, was were determining that's a cat. AI was looking at it in many different ways that we would never consider after a while. And, I, and it was so I would look and say, "Well, that's got two eyes, those kind of those ears, that that nose, and that mouth." I quickly recognize that as a cat. They're looking at it completely different in some cases. And I guess that's important for us when we talk about this data, because you and I might pick up on a pattern and go, we'd be patting ourselves on the back. Why AI finds five others like that. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's, you know, what we like to say where we're at right now is, you know, that we're leveraging data science with those transportation guardrails, right? So, so oftentimes you, you get the perception that, hey, it's AI, how to be able to dump in my data and, and, you know, it tell me what's going on, you know, that's coming. But right now, right. We put those transportation guardrails to really, you know, help the models to understand, you know, shipments, the features associated with those carriers, customers, lanes, the characteristics that, that go with those. And, and so you start to dump all that data and characteristics in there. And, and that further kind of provides that guidance for the models to really get transportation focused. Right. It'll be interesting to see in these coming probably months now with the latest releases, how you're able to open those guardrails and dump the data. Yeah. Because that was, that was one of the things I got educated on early on by, by Lauren and Brian was, you know, Hey, we've got to put some guardrails around this really to focus it on, you know, transportation. And, and I think that that's where, you know, we really find value with our experience. You know, that's why I joined third axiom is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a group of transportation veterans that not only understand and ex the business to execute, but we've got a couple of gentlemen that have built the TMS, understand the technology and functionality, and it's come together really to, uh, you know, to focus on the transportation logistics industry. Right. I think I was talking to you about this the other day when we talked, have Joe Rogan interview Steve Jobs. So the real Joe Rogan never interviewed the Steve Jobs while he was alive, but they fed in Joe Rogan's, all of his podcasts, which I think is thousands, and then all the known information about Steve Jobs. And they imitated the voices and they Im imitated the, all the vocal cues that you would recognize. Now, and the, so you can... I'll look for it. And if I can find that, I'll put it online. But it's it was interesting. Now, it was if you know anything about both of those guys, you would kind of quickly realize this is a weird interview. It's not going the way you want it to. Joe Rogan was asking too many questions that didn't make as much sense. Like if I was to interview Steve Jobs, I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't focus a lot on the workbooks he created. I'd focus more on some other products. It didn't. But but the people who had 
created this already working on that. So next time around, a year from now, it'll be that much better. <laughs> yeah. How long ago was that, Joe? Last summer. Okay. So yeah, probably already in these last eight months, you know, it's probably got a little bit more refined from, I think I saw on LinkedIn just today where somebody did the Steve Jobs you know, interview and had him answering questions back and forth. So they're, they're starting to, Damn, uh, am I going to be replaced by AI? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, they say they're not, not going to replace you, but you definitely need to understand how to leverage and utilize the tools, you know, to push your business forward. By the way, I've said it before on my podcast, I started my career as a draftsman. Look it up kids. If you don't know what that is, but we use triangles and compasses to draw engineering stuff. And we have really well paid. Then when the CAD systems came in, we got even better paid, right? And then the CAD systems kept getting better and better and better. And our job was easier. By that time, I left the CAD system. I was working as an engineer or program manager. You can't right. find design engineers or designers, engineering draftsmen, whatever you want to call it, in any numbers anywhere. And there used to be just hundreds of thousands in the Detroit metro area. It was a huge, huge employment. It doesn't exist anymore because the technology got better and better and better. So anyway, I want to switch gears one more time on you. What did you give us some, give us some of your background. What'd you do before you joined here? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights before you joined third axiom. And then also, why did you join these guys? You, you have a pretty illustrious career yourself. You had options. Why did you join third axiom? Yeah, no, absolutely. Joe. So you know, I'm I'm an operations guy at heart that, you know, picked up technology along the way. I think I laugh about it. I'm one of those people that found their way into transportation and logistics, didn't necessarily set out to to join the industry. And I, I joined in the late 90s. I started at a company called Mark 7 Transportation. And so, uh, you know, for me, I was on the operations side and you know, got the opportunity to get introduced to technology because I raised my hand one day and said, look, you know, if we're going to implement another system, I'll be the guy to go do it because I've been the one suffering on the failed system implementations <laughs> in front of the customer, you know, bearing the, uh, the, the brunt, right? Because back in those days, you know, we'd taken a run at G-Log. Then we had I2 that sat on the shelf. Then we bought the source code and and, and offshored it to India to, to put the functionality in. And, and I was the guy on site at the customer, uh, happened to be Frito-Lay at the time, that, you know, when you had the missed pickups or the carriers didn't get paid and they dropped off. And so you were at the fourth carrier on the routing guide. You know, I was the one that was on site where they just came to your cube. And, and so at that point, it was like, you know, hey, let me, let me go find, you know, find the system. And, and that, that's going to be right for our business because at that time we executed truckload LTL and, and intermodal, you know, the traditional intermodal with, you know, drayage, line haul and, and destination drayage. And so, you know, that, that started to get me into, you know, the transportation or I'm sorry, the technology side of, of our industry. Yep. Well, you're the hybrid that we all talk about because you know, there's, there's always been kind of uh, the discussion of there's the techies and then there's the operators, but you're, you're one of the, one of the guys who's been on both sides of it. So, so and, that, and that's, you know, Joe, that's allowed, that's afforded me the opportunity to serve in many roles across the company, right? I, I started out tracking and tracing rail cars. And by the time, you know, that my time ended at mode, 
you know, I had done operations across brokerage and, and managed transportation, solutions across pricing and carrier management and our product lines, and then you know, ultimately owning technology, right? Our, our roadmap and strategy and the delivery of that, and then the day-to-day. So it, uh, you know, they often say you have those times in your career where you can kind of step forward and take something on that maybe you don't think you're ready for, but you've got to do those things, right, to, to, to grow and and in advance. And, you know, I was, I was able to take advantage of that opportunity. So when and why did you join Third Axiom? Yeah. So, you know, my chapter at Mode Transportation ended. And for me, it was right in the middle of COVID. You know, oftentimes you think to yourself, man, I I, I wish the company sold, right? It did. Yeah. Well, we, we had a merger, right? So, so we spun off, got owned by private equity. And so within the journey, you know, merger of two companies. And so it was, you know, it was an opportunity for me to, uh, to continue my journey elsewhere. And so that's where I got the opportunity to sit back and think about, you know, what, what did I want to be when I grew, when I grew up? And for me, I had a passion for technology. You know, I'd, I'd found and implemented a TMS built an analytics solution for mode, and then started to get into machine learning across pricing and capacity. And for me, it was, it was a natural evolution, right? I wanted to find somewhere where I was always the idea guy, where I could bring ideas to the table and work with people that could develop and, and, you know, have that functionality, but I also wanted to work with customers because I love getting in front of customers. You know, I loved helping them to put together solutions that we would implement and then manage for them. And so the best case for me was to really find a role where, you know, I could I could understand the technology, I could bring ideas from my experience, but then also, you know, find customers and sell our vision and our product and help them to realize the business benefit. And 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 that opportunity was afforded to me as an early employee at Third Axiom. And so, you know, I joined Third Axiom about two and a half years ago. And, you know, we got the opportunity for the first year to go really build the the, the solution, right? So we went on site with some customers, talked to them about their problems. And, and really, instead of building something and then taking it to market, we really tried to understand, you know, okay, what, what did the market need, right? I mean, you hear so much out there these days about, you know, technology that, that satisfies no need, um, doesn't provide any business benefit in our industry. And, and we didn't, we didn't want to, we didn't want to have that. I get it. So let's talk a little bit about the problems that you guys solve. So what, what are some of the problems that when people call you and they say, Brad, help, I I got some problems. What, what problems do they talk about? Yeah. So, so I think the first, the first problem that we run into Joe is, and and it's at a higher level, right? Is, is they don't have access to their data. You know, I talked about it earlier, right? They're not getting insight into their business. They've got to set out on their analytics journey and they don't know where to start, right? They don't know how to get access to their data. They don't have the experience. It can be a costly investment and it can take a lot of time. And, and so, you know, that, that overall problem that we see when we're talking to them is, you know, you know, how do I leverage my data to get insight to move the business forward? And so, and so that's, that's why we focused on on business intelligence and AI specifically for transportation and, and logistics is so they didn't have to go, you know, find that solution. You know, a lot of times people might be using Power BI or Tableau, 
but they're having problems with their data or they're not getting the business benefit or they don't have anything at all. And so, so that's really, you know, one of the main, those aren't custom built for this space either. Right. And, And so that's where our experience and really having that platform that we can quickly plug in and start to give them value at an affordable price, you know, that, that has become a single problem, right? The other problem that we see is maybe they're using a power BI, but they're, there's problems with their data. They've got additional data sources or they want to start getting into data science. And now you got to start upgrading your personnel. You know, you got to find the people to write the models, the data scientists. And so we built that in the platform. So those are some. What is data science? Data science becomes really leveraging, you know, a data set and finding that data set and really creating that and cleaning it to then leverage that in machine learning models, right? Whether in that case, it might be supervised model. But if you want to leverage it across all your, all your data, really, you can start getting into an unsupervised model. And so that data set, the data science piece really starts to allow you to leverage machine learning and AI on your business. And so those, those were the very high level, you know, problems we see, Joe, but, but, you know, you've been in this business, then it becomes a question of, okay, great. I know I need this, but what is the ROI, right? What's the business well, benefit? I would also say this. I think in, we all know just from our experience in this world, that information data is great. But what I really need is actionable data. I, I need, I got all this data, but I don't have any knowledge, right? So we're bombarded with information and our systems will collect infinite amounts of data for us, but I don't know what to do with it. And, And by the way, I always say this, I'll say it again. I like key performance indicators when I'm looking at stuff. So, uh, so I always say only the very best metrics grow up to be KPIs. It drives me crazy when I go to a warehouse or somewhere and they give me a report that's got like 70 columns. You're like, yeah, I know you measure a lot of things, but are there two or three or four that tell me how we're doing, right? And that's what I always say. Like, But with AI, I don't have to talk about key performance indicators. I can say... I can look at all 70 of those columns. I can't look at them, but AI can use all 70 of those columns or 200 columns or 2,000 columns and say, we are gaining new insights from it. Yeah, and, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head, right, Joe, is you know shipments nowadays have so many characteristics about them, right, that, that give you, you know, intelligence, right? How, mu- how much time has, have I been given from a tender perspective to get this load covered, you know, how much does it weigh or what's the cube, what's the commodity, you know, is there any insurance requirements? And so, you know, bringing that into, you know, our platform really starts to kind of let you do a couple of things. And so some of the, some of the problems that, you know, we've talked to people about and identified, you know, in our space is really around productivity you know, how, how, uh, how productive are, are my people doing? Right. So when you think about data, you're bringing in TMS data, you know, how many loads have they covered? You know, how, what was the margin that they made? How many phone calls did they, they, they make or take how many emails. And so, you know, we've had a couple of people talk to us and come on board to really leverage data and analytics to drive productivity improvements across their personnel. And so that's, you know, afforded them the opportunity to, you know, become more productive, make more margin. And then, you know, how we've extended that then is, you know, we've started to bring in outside data sources 
And, and one of the challenges I always had at Mode was, to your point, looking at my KPIs and my targets. Well, now we're bringing in third-party data sources about, you know, what the market says they should pay. And then we're having the lanes and the targets, right, for what they think they should be paying. And then we're bringing all that together to benchmark their performance. And, and so that's been some of the problems where, you know, we've been able to, you know, in real time, give them some alerts and give them insight into how their people are performing and, you know, what they're covering freight at. And then you start to layer in the capacity angle, right, about, you know, what carriers am I using? You know, what days should I be using them, the service that I'm getting and the price that I'm paying? So so all that starts to come together to start to call out those insights and actions, you know, for those managers and, and those executive level stakeholders. Yeah, what would be interesting to me when you talk about pe- productivity and people you know, in the past, I'm sitting next to you and you're killing it and I'm not. And they say, Joe, just be a little less like you and a little more like Brad. And I'm like, okay, thanks for the advice, boss. I'll do that, right? I'll grow a beard. <laughs> the problem is I haven't given that guy anything. But if we found, if you guys could provide data and say, you know what? We're looking at your top performers and your top performers tend to do these things more often. And you could give actual they make maybe it's more phone calls i don't know that's if that's a good one but whatever it is that's making brad successful and you go okay we've we've got this we we've, we've nailed it down these five things is what makes our top 10% this good now let's go talk to the rest of them and say let's let's build some training and some coaching around some of those uh things because I don't think we get that level of coaching. We can't get that level of coaching because we don't know it. <laughs> and, I, and I think, you, you know, we're, we're kind of honed in, I think, on the, on the brokerage audience that we serve. You know, absolutely, Joe, they want to get somebody in the seat and they want to get them up to speed and they want to give them the tools to be more successful, you know, so that they can generate, you know, revenue and margin. And, and you know, what we've been able to do with the data is actually in some TMSs, you know, you can get those fingerprints out of, you know, who touched this load, who did this, you know, how long, right, calculate how long did it take them, you know, once it was tendered to, to book that carrier. So you, you do start to get that insight from the data, you know, about the activities and then, hey, bring in the benchmarking, you know, you can you can come to the management team and say, look, you know, Joe's got harder lanes based on the market told you that we're pulling from DAT or freight wave. So it's going to take him a little bit longer. So those are the type of, of characteristics that, you know, you start to get in the data and then, and then you build those anomalies and those rule sets and the models to, to flesh that so out. So productivity is one of them. Well, the overall is just no, we, I'm the first big problem. The overarching problem is I have tons of data, but I don't have insights. I don't have knowledge that I can act on. So one of and them I, is, and I don't know how, to, and I don't know how to go, how to go do that, right? And that's, and that's where we, we we come to the table. So you can help me with with people, with so productivity, and I, I imagine you could do something. We can help you with pricing, right? So I love it. I think you've had some conversations, and there there are companies out there that are doing that dynamic pricing. You know, for yeah, us, we talked about green screens before we recorded, and right. you said you complement them. You're like a, another tool in the toolbox. Hundred percent, right? So, so we're going to go externally and pull that data in for what you should have paid based on you know their model, and we're going to capture that and compare it to what you did pay, 
what you, you, your target was that you should have paid. And because we're kind of doing that stuff in real time, you know, we can start to notify you on a shipment basis, you know, Hey, you, you got an opportunity to make more money on this load. Or even in some cases, Joe, if you're calling and getting market conditions, you know, maybe you need to prioritize this load to cover before these other ones. So I think it's that insight into, you know, pricing capacity, you know, those, those are things that we're kind of overlaying and bringing it in and, and giving you that insight into, you know, how carriers are performing, who you're going to make them the more of the money on, are they giving you the right service? And so I think that carrier, you know, your carrier scorecard that you talked about becomes a hell of a lot more dynamic, Yeah. you know, when you're getting in, you know, internal and external data and you're kind of looking at it in that near real time uh, perspective. We did the best we could with the four or five people on the call. And it was anecdotal say, Hey, from now on, Hey, first off, send an email to that company. Tell them no more four LTLs in one day. They have to combine them, right? But we missed we missed more than we got. That's that's the problem. So we we also we we don't know what we don't know. AI can come up with say, hey, you can save money doing this, this, and this. We would never even know to do it that way. So or or one of the other ones that that we've started to talk about is you know what is the impact of lead time you know on your profitability oh, yeah, yeah. cost. Right. So, so, you know, leveraging machine learning and, and, and data science to really try and predict, okay, you, you got, you know, 24 hours notification on this load, you know, here's probably what you're going to make from a margin perspective. Hey, if you can move that back and pick it up next day and extend it to 48 hours and you have an opportunity to increase, you know, your profitability. So, so those are the type of things that we want to start to you know, leverage against the data set. We are doing that anecdotally right now. 100%. And, but we also don't, we don't do a good enough job at capturing these things and, and showing trends. Because you know, so often when you go meet with your customer and they say, you know, a quarterly business review, and they say, okay, how do we do this last quarter? And then what are we going to do for next quarter? These are great insights to be able to bring. And it, it would be great if you say, I know you guys want to save some money and you're asking us to go find find a cheaper carrier, take less margin. But a better way is, to your point, is guys, let us show us the data on the last thousand shipments we did that were 48 hours notice versus the other ones. The other thousand that was 36 hours notice versus the 24 hour notice. And you could show me that for Friday, for a Monday, for a Tuesday, any day of the week, any time of the month. And you say, hey, at the end of the month, we notice we got a problem. Let's 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 plan ahead. You know, let's so we do some of these things anecdotally, but if you can show in that QBR, guys, this is how we're gonna save you a lot of money without having to go find lesser carriers. <laughs> yeah, and, and Joe, I w- I would even say nowadays that you know, if you're waiting till the QBR, the monthly update, you're probably waiting too long. Yeah. And and so we've we've put that customer interface on the platform so that you can extend that out to your customers where they can come in and they can see your data. You can develop the story of the data yourself and, you know, deliver that to them, right? I mean, that's that's kind of a, what do they call those table stakes these days is that customers want to get the insight and analytics, you know, as quick as you can present that to them. And, and I think in our industry, everybody's looking at it to see what's going on so they can explain it before the customer ask them the question, right? It's like, why am I having to ask you this question? Why didn't you bring this forward to me? 
you know, when we started talking about visibility a few years ago, everybody on my podcast when I said, I'd like to talk about visibility. And I've come to know this, that there is a spectrum of visibility. By the way, when I was still at a 3PL 10 plus years ago, I would say we have real-time visibility, which was when the EDI updated, right? (laughs) So so it was more real-time than before, but it was real-time plus 30 minutes probably. But whatever. We were we were probably state of the art at that time, but now visibility is be- so. There's a spectrum now where you look at the people who have Internet of Things the sensors like Tive. We have gotten really good on the top end. On the bottom end, it's probably still real time plus thirty minutes when they say real time. So I think the same goes for data analytics. Everybody says, "Oh, we have analytics," but there's some that are that are really out there, and I sus- suspect that's you guys. And then there's people who are doing in my carrier scorecard is my business intelligence and my analytics. And so I think it's, we're all doing it, but some are doing it really well and getting real insights and saving real money or making more money. And others are still taking that business intelligence and looking at it, trying to find patterns with their own, with our own scrawny brains that don't know how to do it right. <laughs> yeah, I used to, you know, I used to think that technology would would replace, you know, the people in supply chain and transportation. But I've since come around to where really technology enhances their ability to, you know, do their day to day and execute and make decisions. And that's kind of why we've fallen into, you know, you, we talk about business intelligence. We're trying to move people to, to decision intelligence, right? Which yep. it's kind of fallen in line with with Gartner and and it's bridging BI and, and data science to your point to start letting them look in real time, you know, what's going on across their transportation. No more app. Monday morning quarterback. You're telling me before I call that play, do it this way. <laughs> Absolutely. And and and, you know, in that traditional business intelligence that you're talking about, you know, it's a static data set with displays on top. Now we're talking about an operational AI platform that lets you take, you know, run things behind the scenes as you're executing things in your TMS on a day-to-day basis. So that's... You need to develop some shock collars for all of us to wear. So when <laughs> we start to do the wrong thing, boom! <laughs> <laughs> that or they don't pay attention to the alert, right? So you can so really say, we'll just give a, not, not a huge one, just like the dog gets when he runs out of the yard. So we talked about a few problems. One is that you solve is this, the overarching one, which is lots of data, no insights, no actionable, no actions I, that you're telling me to take. So that's the biggest problem. Productivity, people productivity, there's a million things within that. We talked about pricing, we talked about lead time, which can save you a lot of money. And give it, give me one more. Yeah, so so Joe, you know, near and dear to your heart, you know, that since you worked at a 3PL and and you know, we have started to get into, you know, the shippers transportation logistics department really is carrier performance. And so that carrier performance has been, you know, looking in real time and seeing are they meeting their volume commitments, right? If they've bid on a lane and they own let's say 100 loads per quarter, you know, as they're executing that freight you know, really looking at the tender and making sure that, you know, they're meeting their obligations. And so maybe not so much now because the market's softening, but we started out really working routing guides in real time as carriers would turn back freight. You know, they owned a lane, but they weren't meeting their volume obligation. And we were capturing that and the associated reason code, you know, was it less than 24 hours notice? 
Had they already met their volume commitment? And then we were capturing how much that was costing the company. And so really, you know, that carrier performance in real time, you know, across their tender acceptance, you know, and, and tracking that, but then comparing it against, you know, their targets and what they owned. But then also, if they had to go to the spot market or they had to go to another carrier down the routing guide, you know, what was that costing them? And so, you know, for shippers and 3PLs, really providing that insight to not not carrier performance from a pickup and delivery perspective, you know, we can do that, but actually are they meeting their obligations? Were you having to go down on your routing guide? How much was that costing you? And we were giving that to them, you know, as it was occurring versus to your point, they were looking at the end of the week or the end of the month and then finding the problem. They were able to call that carrier up and say, hey, you're not meeting your obligation. What's going on? You're costing me, you know, hey, this cost me $50,000 this month. So that, that's that been some actionable thing, actionable functionality for 3PLs and, and even in those cases where we're talking to shippers direct. Well, I imagine you also, some of those carriers are not going to have awareness of some of the problems that, that you and maybe the 3PL observe in that data. And maybe they go, oh my God, I didn't realize that was a bad lane for us. Right. We can work on it. Well, or and, and they weren't meeting their commitment because of that, right? Right. And I think most carriers will say, eh, that is not our favorite lane. But they can only be honest about stuff they actually know. If they don't know that's a bad lane, if you say, we're giving you more notice than any other lane, more notice than anybody else in this one lane, but you're still not able to perform it as well as you normally would, that's a tough lane for you. And and you talked about you talked about that visibility and service. You know, that's the other thing is, you know, I used to get beat up all the time about, hey, great, I've got the status event, but are they going to be late? You know, why are they going to be late? And and so, you know, because we can get that off of the shipments in the, you know, in data that we're receiving into the platform, you can start to predict some of those lates and, and you know, call those out. Hey, they missed their pickup or you didn't get this event or, you know, based on 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 this formula, this is this person's going to be late. So we so we have now we're not we're not a visibility provider, but we're a tool for companies to take that data and start to to determine you know ahead of time what's going to be late or what's missed an event that you need to proactively go track down. Right. So we talked about again the overarching problem, which is you have data but no insights, no nothing to take action on. It might be measuring productivity of my people. How do we judge our people? Pricing, lead time, carrier performance. And I'm assuming I can come to you with almost anything that has data around it and say, help me. And so it could be not even an existing use case. Because I got to think, if I'm talking to you one year from now, you have probably 30, 40, 100 new use cases that you don't have right now. Well, we find that we have a term for that, Joe. We call it analytics coach, right? You, you know, we got into the business to really deliver a product. And that's really what we wanted to be. But we found as we've started to talk to companies about their data, you know, the business problems they wanted to solve, you know, more and more we're coaching them up about, to your point, Hey, what are the things that you're trying to get insight about? You know, what are the things that you want to be aware of? And so, so we've started to become, you know, an analytics coach. And then, you know, even some of the companies have said, you know, Brad, I can't find a resource. Can you guys give me analytics as a service and help me to to set up and manage this? 
And so 100%, you're right, we're starting to flesh out, you know, they're bringing to us their problems and we're helping them to understand, you know, how advanced analytics, data, and ultimately AI, you know, can help them to, to pinpoint those and take action. Well, we've always known, regardless of whether it was trucking or any other operations problem, I'm, a, I'm an automotive guy originally, we always would say, well, we have a problem, but we don't have many measurements around it. Well, let's start measuring something that tells us we we kind of know there's a problem, but we don't have real numbers on it. So let's start measuring blank. And we're getting more and more of this. By the way, I interviewed Doug Wagner, the CEO of Echo Global. And man, that company has grown. I think it's I think it was 60, 70 million in sales when he got there, 4.5 billion this year, 16 years later. Not a bad hire. So so Joe, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. I actually met Doug back in 2007 when, when I went uh-huh. to find the solution for us at, at, at mode, you know, he had his LTL software, you know, before he started his echo journey. So, uh, <laughs> I got introduced to him, you, you know, a while back when he, when he had his own, uh, software solution before he went on. the that, echo Well, he actually talked about that. He had a soft, he, he started a TMS and then he, the Echo guys got him to come meet and he said, I wasn't interested in the job. And they showed him the technology and he said, I don't like your technology. I like mine better. And they're like, show us your technology. And he, he goes, I wasn't interested in the job. I showed him my technology. And they're like, oh yeah, that's way better. And he goes, I don't think I'm interested in the job. They're like, well, let us buy you because we want that technology and we want you. Glad they were they were smart, but anyway, Doug Doug was sharing that they have been using, assuming AI and machine learning, to make more and more decisions that are making them just faster, better, cheaper, and little things like they work with the largest shippers in the country, and they also work with the smallest. So let's just say you're working with a lot of those small guys, and they might be two two months, two shipments a month, right? But it's still they probably have thousands of those, right? But he said. Sometimes you don't know if they're just slow and it's only going to be one shipment a month or if they actually aren't working with us anymore. He says, well, we have data around it. And now it's starting to be proactive saying, hey, Brad hasn't called you this month. And this seems a little, this about the time he normally would send him a note. And they're using it in ways, he said, that are just more and more about business development. And again, the sky's the limit. If you can put a measurement on it, we're going to, we're going to have data on it. I think that's what we're doing for, you know, smaller to middle tier companies in the industry, Joe, that aren't the size of echo, right. That can have that data science team and have that, the technologists really to build and drive that, you know, you know, we're trying to democratize it and bring it to, you know, everybody in our industry. And I think that that's, that's what gets us excited is, is, you know, we built a platform where, you know, people can, don't have to go build it themselves. They can plug in and they can get those capabilities. And and you know what that's all about, right? If you enhance your capabilities, it becomes more than just what price you're charging somebody for transportation. You become sticky, you know, your customer acquisition and retention raises. And and if you're that guy always bringing new insights, like, Hey, you know what we noticed last week, you do this, 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 and this. And, and if you find that useful, and I think a lot well, how, of people how competitive, will. You, you know how competitive our industry is and, and the number of calls that your customers 
our customers, customers get on a daily basis about, right. you know, we can do this or let us handle this lane or we do this mode. And, and so, you know, you're hundred percent right. You have to be bringing insights and you have to be bringing the latest. Oh, you and could probably help the them on that. You could like probably that. help them and say, Hey, we're looking at who you work with. Boom, boom, boom. These are, this is your sweet spot and this is who you need to call. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of sweet spots, who's the sweet spot for you? Who do you guys work with? Yeah, so so we we work with brokerages, we work with 3PLs and LSPs, and then we work we started to work That's with That's logistic service providers, right? Yep, logistic service providers, you got it. And then we started to work with transportation and logistics departments at actual shippers themselves, right? Those you know, we find that that though they're often at the the uh the low man on the totem pole from getting technology right across their organization. So we've been able to really, you know, because we're focusing on that transportation logistics space, you know, target all three of those audiences. And and we find within those, you know, some of them don't have analytics, right? So we're able to then bring the complete solution to the table. But then you have those other ones that have started the analytics journey. They have dashboards, they have Power BI or Tableau but they're not getting into data science, right? They're not getting that real-time insight. And so we've actually been able to help some of those companies that have an analytics tool that you wouldn't think we'd be able to provide value to. So as far as implementing something like this and somebody calls you up and says, Brad, they I heard you on Joe's show. By the way, that guy's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> we want to start working with you guys. How long from that time till they're they're getting value. Yeah. So, so if we, you know, I guess short answer is anywhere from 30 to 60 days, right, Joe. And, and a lot of times that depends on if we already have an integration with that data source, you know, today as an example, we have an integration with Mercury gate, you know, we have an integration with Ty. for us, it's easy to turn those on and start bringing that data in and working with the customer to, you know, start to tell the story of their data. Those, those happen quickly, right. Within weeks, you know, longer term that take those 30 to 60 days. It depends on the number of data sources and then writing that integration. So you're going to hold their hand a little bit for this? 100%. You know, that's that's one of the things that, you know, we feel we bring to the table is we're process driven and we have a methodology to implement, you know, our customers so they do get that business value. Last thing we want to do is implement and have it sit on the shelf and nobody use it, especially in these times. CFO get us out of there real quick, right? <laughs> yeah. So are you yeah, exactly. Are you a cloud solution? So there we are. We're we're a SaaS based offering, subscription service. So, you know, you're you're able to sign up and quickly get up and running and you know, we don't require any long term contracts. So we're ultimately having to continue to prove our value to your business. So do I pay one is the price the same regardless of the transactions or is it more about the trend? You know, it depends upon the amount of data that we're bringing in and storing, the number of integrations and the number of users. So, you know, we usually kind of scope that out as we're talking to our customers or our prospects. And then we're able to kind of more quantify the timeline and, and ultimately the cost. But, you know, on a cost basis versus going and doing it on your own, you know, we're definitely a lower cost alternative and and, and quicker to getting business benefit. Excellent. Well, I love what you're doing. I, I think this is where the world is going. And I think everybody knows this is where the world's going, but everybody's saying, how do I do it? And we all have systems and our systems don't necessarily do this. And I don't think they're all meant to. 
who knows where their future is going, but uh, other than your AI. (laughs) And and for us, look, if you never log into the platform and we're able to embed in your workflow and deliver those insights and visualizations. That's where you want to get to. That's where you want to get to. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, you, you know, nobody likes to go out of their workflow to go to another application or to another place. Yeah. I'd much rather it be, here's the recommended or do, do this. Right. right. I, I know, I know you've talked to people that have built the systems that let everything plug into. So that's the way, that is the way all the software is built now with the idea that I'm going to be able to plug in the next new killer app. And you guys are one of those next new killer apps that we all need. So we talked about all these problems that you guys solve. And we talked a little bit about how we solve them. Final thoughts on this topic. So my final thoughts are, you know, technology is moving so fast and, you know, we're having fun working with people and getting them to take a look at their business problems and leverage data and analytics and, and AI to solve those. Yep. I love you, it. You know, come find me at thirdaxiom.com or, you know, look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, I got a running joke, Joe. I'm, I'm the real Brad Young no, in transportation. By the way, I always say the same thing. I always find have to find the companies because, by the way, I'm interviewing Matt Silver this week. The Matt Silver who's over at Green Screens. And when I met him at, I, I've always known of him, but when I met him at Manifest, I was like, oh, you're the other Matt Silver because I was met Matt Silver from Forager or now Arrive. And he goes, what do you mean the other Matt Silver? I was like, oh, I'm sorry. All Matt Silvers are special. <laughs> but yeah, I'm interviewing him this week. Well, there's a Brad Young that works at Trimble. There was a Brad Young, I think, that was working over at Mercury Gate. And so we, we had a running joke when Brad Young and I were at the same conference. We took a picture together. So it was... uh. It was quite funny. So that's where the real Brad. By the way, there's so be. many Joe Lynch's on LinkedIn that I connected to a whole bunch of them. I don't do it so much anymore. But as they would post anything, I would always write in, Joe Lynch is brilliant. And then people would always <laughs> why did Joe Lynch just say he's brilliant? <laughs> that's how immature I am. But anyway, before you go, uh, I will put a, li- a link to your LinkedIn profile, a link to your website and any other links you give me. But I like to interview smart, interesting people like yourself. Who else should I interview on my podcast? Yeah, Joe. So I've got a couple of interesting individuals for you that I've come in contact with over the last couple months. I, I think you should interview Josh Allen over in Inception. Um, All right. That industrial B2B marketplace that uh, you know is also managing. I've not heard of them, so I think that's a good one. And then uh, Andrew Sobko. Sobco from uh, CDL, CDL 1000. So, I heard of that company. What do they do over there? You know, I think they're a technology focused uh, 3PL, you know, really doing some cool things with demerge detention, but then also we AI. Need it. You know, they're, so they're, they're bringing AI and they're bringing that voice activation. So I, uh, you, you know, I got exposed to, to Andrew and, and, and researched their company. So I think those are, those are probably some two uh, two individuals that you could reach out to. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much. I really love what you guys are doing. I think it's it's the future. Uh, again, I think it, it, the the kind of things we just talked about. I think the ROI. We didn't talk too much about it, but I just think it's almost. Of course, there's going to be ROI. You know, it's going to tell. And 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 if and if you don't get an ROI, you can ask the AI. How do I get ROI? And it'll find it. Yeah, and you know, look. If you're at TIA, you know, next month down in Orlando, you know, come see us. We're at booth 801. You know, 
we're we're up against the wall to your right. But uh, you know, come find me and let's talk about some data and analytics. So I saw you at Manifest. I'll see you next year at Manifest, and you'll be at TIA. What else are you guys going to be at? You know, we'll probably be at. Um, we do the SMC three. You know, Jumpstart and Connect events, CSCMP, and then. Uh, you know, where we're hooked up with TMS is we try to go to their conference. So like Mercury Gate Velocity. Okay. So, or, you know, tie a, a, so. anywhere you, what, whatever conference you're going to be at, you're going to see the guys from third axiom solution and you should definitely look them up because absolutely this is what you need. Thank you so much, Brad. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks Joe. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated until next time onward and upward. You have been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage with leaders in the logistics and supply chain community. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like button, and leave us a nice review on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen. Also, please check out our videos on YouTube and connect with us on LinkedIn. We're very big on LinkedIn. And you can also reach us on the logisticsoflogistics.com, our website.